We've been noting some permanent changes in people and places. We've talked about them in the economy. Talked about them just a moment ago up in Alaska as they say goodbye to Ted Stevens. Now, here's a place very far from Alaska where once upon a time it was like this. One of the longest borders on earth is right here between your country and mine. An open border, 1,400 miles without a single machine gun in place. Yeah, I suppose that all sounds very corny to you. Talking about the U.S.-Mexican border. That's from the 1958 Orson Welles movie, Touch of Evil, when you could get away with having Charlton Heston play a Mexican. At least he didn't try the accent. (laughs) Yeah, he had a little makeup on there. A lot. Yes. The movie was set along that border which separates El Paso and Juarez, and today there are plenty of machine guns in that border zone, guns and gangs of all kinds. This is a city where you don't go out at night, where if you get in (laughs) trouble, there's no one to call. This is like out of some futuristic novel, only it's actual and it's not. That's journalist Charles Bowden, whose book about the last 15 years in Juarez, and he spoke with us uh, a few months ago, is called Murder City. In just this year alone, 1,700 people have been killed in Juarez, leading former Mexican President Vicente Fox to call for legalization of narcotics. The U.S. House of Representatives just passed a $600 million border security bill, and National Guard troops are expected to be soon deployed to the border. Jesus Ochoa remembers those times. He turns 76 next month was born in El Paso, lived there all his life. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning to you. Also with us is uh, your daughter, Mika. Mika Ochoa, you're in Philadelphia now? Uh, yes. Good morning, Mika. Good morning. So, uh, Jesus, how would you describe to me what it was like in uh, Juarez years ago when you were a boy? And if we were hanging out together in El Paso, what would we? what might we do if we crossed the border into Juarez? Well, I can take you back to when I was in the eighth grade, and I was familiar with Juarez because my mother would take me on the old streetcars for uh, her shopping, uh, grocery shopping, a couple of times a week. And when I was, uh, I guess, about 14, uh, my friends and I started going over on a Saturday. Uh, I personally would have $5 because I used to work even at that early age at my dad's uh, small print shop. And we would go get haircuts and go to a bar called Don Felix. They were not bashful about serving young young <laughs> men. And uh, we'd have what were called the bola. This would be a uh, a schooner of uh, of ice cold beer with with the ice on 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 the schooner glass, along with bar snacks. We'd get our haircut, uh, get a shoe shine, play some mariachi songs, and uh, head back home. We didn't abuse a privilege. Man, I could see myself <laughs> hanging out with you back then, Jesus. You would have liked it. You know, uh, the the border had a reputation for being a place where the rules didn't apply, where it was kind of exotic, but it was always safe. What changed? Well, what changed is that uh, in the 60s, if uh, memory serves, the uh, maquiladora uh, industry began to hit its stride. Uh, for those of, uh, of your listeners who are not uh, not uh, familiar with the industry, this is where the U.S. ships semi-finished goods to Mexican factories on the border, which uh, finish the goods and then ship them back to the U.S., uh, duty-free on both sides. I think it was a, a plot concocted by the robber barons on both sides of the border. And the tale is told, uh, t- say, for example, I don't remember the uh, lingerie manufacturer, but sure. my wife at the time used to tease that uh, uh, a brassiere from, from Texas, made in the U.S., these are national brand names, would be shipped to Juarez, where they would put the tag on there, uh, the bra size, and that would be the manufacturing end in Mexico. It, a sham, you see. So but what happened, 
So, so uh, Jesus, the, the whole outsourcing business, the whole outsourcing economy caused a destabilization and turned the border zone into a place of exploitation? Very much so, because uh, the industry resulted in literally tens of thousands of poor Mexican people from the interior of Mexico, from states that, are, that have been traditionally poverty-stricken. I can name you four or five, but, 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 but they're deep. Wow. Near Mexico City. Well, Jesus, hold and, on for just a uh, moment. I want to ask your daughter a question here, all right? Sure. Uh, Mika, you're in Philadelphia right now. How old are you? I'm 20. You're 20. Have you ever seen your dad maybe get a little glisten in his eyes talking about what the place was like where he grew up, which is very different today? Um, All the time. I mean, even when I was uh, younger and he used to take me across, it still wasn't the same experience that he had when he was a kid. Um, when he was younger, uh, he used to take us um, right across um, the border to this um, fancy, uh, nice sit-down restaurant, uh, Martinos. Um, Do you remember the dress? Do you remember the dress you would wear? Uh, <laughs> yes. And <laughs> um, not one of my favorites, but, um, <laughs> you know... Um, it was an expensive restaurant, you know, the kind of place where, you know, everything um, was expensive, required nice manners, and it was situated um, on the Strip. Um, so he used to tell me that back when he was young, a young man, um, it was surrounded by other nice restaurants much like it, but when we used to go across as children, you know, it was uh, surrounded by discotecas, uh, places where uh, young adults, mm-hmm. you know, go for sure. drinking and dancing. So even then, it wasn't the same place um, that he remembered. Well, Mika Ochoa is uh, a daughter of Jesus Ochoa. Uh, Jesus, you grew up in El Paso all of your 76 years, right? Yes, that's correct. And uh, Mika, did you grow up in, in El Paso? Were you born in El Paso? Uh, no, I was actually born in Chihuahua, but I grew up in El Paso. All right, so what we're doing here is remembering the border area, Juarez, where it's almost, just given the memories that you've given us here, it's almost impossible to even think that 1,700 people died there last year. Jesus, would you go down and do anything that you did before uh, today? No, as a matter of fact, when the violence started a couple of years ago and uh, the U.S. decided that uh, American citizens needed a border crossing card or a passport, uh, that was the last time I went to Juarez. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really sad uh, because it, uh, it truly is the murder capital of the world, and there is a misconception about the deaths. The uh, popular Mexican political wisdom has said that these are drug people killing each other. But no, I would say more than half of the deaths are uh, young people, wow. well, uh, it's, young it's, family members. It's more, than a, it's more than a border. We're speaking with Jesus Ochoa, who's been a lifelong resident of El Paso, Texas, for, more than, for his more than 70 years, and his daughter, Mika Ochoa, who uh, grew up in El Paso and now uh, goes to school in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Jesus, you were just mentioning that young people, uh, you know, years and years ago, would go to Juarez as a way to get away from it all and to have fun. Now you're describing that young people are actually the target of uh, the murders and the violence down there. Mika, what does it feel like to have your father call Juarez the murder capital of the world and and know that young people are really in danger down there? Um, I think it's a pretty accurate description. 
I would not and have not ever gone down um, to Juarez, you know, for drinking or dancing or any of that. I've always stayed on the U.S. side simply because of that. Um, even before the, the violence got uh, due to the drug war, you know, um, I had friends who would go down on weekends, and I just I didn't feel safe with mm -hmm. them um, going down to have fun, just because you, you never know what's going to happen. So, well, Miko Ochoa now lives in Philadelphia, where she goes to school. She grew up in El Paso, Texas. Jesus Ochoa, b before we go, do you think the border will ever be like it used to be? Do you think it can ever change back uh, to the way it, it was when you used to freely move from uh, north to south and south to north? No. As a matter of fact, uh, my uh, gloomy vision extends to the whole of Mexico. And I, uh, I'd like to tell you that the U.S. is complicit in, in, in helping create the situation. Uh, when um, used to be that uh, that uh, uh, the AK-47 type rifles and uh, the progeny of the long rifle, the assault rifles, used to be banned. They are now. Uh, you you can buy the damn things, and what happens is that the uh, the neo-Nazi gangs buy them and uh, sell them to uh, to the drug cartels. And also, with the Medida, Medida Initiative, the U.S. has poured millions of dollars into Mexico, tax dollars, to uh, help fight the so-called drug wars. And uh, when President Calderón unleashed the military on the border and other cities in Mexico, uh, that, uh, that turns out to be a huge mistake, but funded by the United States. And it's really tragic to see Mexico kind of the, uh, being the tip end of a whip wielded by the U.S. Mm -hmm. I don't see the situation in Mexico and by extension the border improving anytime soon. Jesus and Ochoa, I think uh, Mr. Bowden would share my observations. Right, Charlie Bowden, the journalist we referred to in the intro to this story. Well, before we go, I sense in your voice a, a feeling of powerlessness about all this. You're absolutely correct. And I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what the future holds. For what is uh, estimates ranging from 50,000 up to 500,000 of uh, Mexican families who have a fork, who can afford it, have moved to El Paso. Wow. Uh, it creates a strain on our school system. It's, uh, you know, the, the two cities actually are one and have been ever since I can remember. And now our uh, southern half is uh, bleeding profusely, and I don't think anybody knows how to stanch the bleeding. Well, what a perspective you have. Jesus Ochoa, lifelong resident of El Paso, Texas. Our thanks also to Mika Ochoa, his daughter, who grew up in El Paso but now lives in Philadelphia. Thanks, Jesus, and good luck.